Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
ask you a question what's a new year resolution that you can never keep how many of you have that answer a new year's resolution that you can never keep anybody any idea i'll help you what's that <laughs> go to the gym <laughs> no i'll tell you what new year resolution you can never keep is not making any new year's resolutions we're like, you know, it's, we're just so tempted to always have to say something, do something. We got to, I mean, I got to write something down. I got to, you know, the pressure that we feel, right? Now, listen to this. 
<clears throat> these are the top 10 New Year's resolutions uh, of all time. Really, they're like consistently just about always the same. Are you ready for this? Exercise more. Eat healthier. Lose weight. Quit smoking or drinking. Learn something new. Save money. Travel more. I'm all for that. That would be my number one. Uh, improve mental health. Spend more time with family and friends and volunteer or help others. Now, have you noticed that all those 10 are focused on self? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed anything spiritual at all in any of these? In fact, I went to the top 25 and I couldn't find anything spiritual. We seem to get caught into this whirlwind of like, we got to have a word for the year. We got to have New Year's resolutions. We got to, we got to be up on it. You know, like we, there's so much social pressure and, and family pressures and friend pressures that, hey, what's your word for 2024? Has anybody asked you that yet? Come on, be honest. Be honest. Yeah. We got to have a word. We got to do something, right? Now, we get caught into this world whirlwind of, of information and things. And you know what? The sad thing is that we want a new word for 2024 when we haven't even completed the assignment for 2023. I'm talking for myself. We need to fulfill our commitment to what we committed ourselves to last year. How about that? You know, I'm not against the practice of pausing and hearing and, and what God has for us individually and as a church. But you know what? I'm, <clears throat> I'm actually against getting a word that becomes sort of like a, like a horoscopic reading for the year. You know, if you believe in horoscopes, uh, we, we need to pray. We need to pray. God is ultimately the one that ordains our steps in every way and so we trust in him here's a simple word that i would want to give all of us for 2024 are you ready simple easy word let's get closer to jesus i want to get closer to jesus do you want to get closer to jesus i do i want to get to pray more how many of you have prayed more than the year before, and you're satisfied with your prayer life. So I'm about ready to come down and smack you one. <clears throat> we need to pray more. How about we need to read the Bible more and meditate on His Word? How many of you have gotten all the knowledge of Scriptures, and you're just fully satisfied, and you don't need anything else anymore? No, that's a good word. How about we learn to hear from God's voice oh wouldn't that be amazing that we learn to hear more about him that's a good year resolution how about we learn to walk in the spirit to follow his footsteps and know that when he speaks we obey those are good words i believe that this year <clears throat> is a year that is significant in so many ways and it doesn't take a prophetic guru to know that we are facing socioeconomic troubles like we probably have not seen in decades in our country. Uh, we're, I mean, we're all excited that we have a, you know, this is a year of election again. Huh? How many of you are excited about the year? 
none of us are, right? So all of this stuff that creates tension and pressure, right? And the landscape of our country seems to be changing sometimes from day to day. Now, we may see more turmoil. There will definitely be more shaking around us. Our faith will be tested. Our resolve to walk with Jesus will be tried. But you know what? I believe that the Holy Spirit will guide us and keep us and direct us and be with us. And as we approach Him and we get closer to Jesus and we spend more time with Jesus, I truly believe that we will be blessed in the midst of what may appear to society and culture out there a year of turmoil. But we believe that God blesses his children. And you and I can be blessed in the midst of all of that. I believe that the importance of being rooted in God is absolutely key. We need to go deeper in God. We need to go a little bit more into what God's plans for us are. So follow me to Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. This morning, the title of my message, as you can see behind us, is Rooted. But let me read you this scripture. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots, come on, everybody say roots with me. Let your, let your roots let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Then, then your faith. You know what? We're looking for faith. We're looking for great faith in God when we haven't put deep roots in God. How about we start with the root system? right? We feed the root system, our relationship with Jesus. We grow deep in God. We get to know him more. And so we grow strong in truth. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, and words from the Lord. What? Is that what he says? And then you will flow with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -mm. You will overflow with thankfulness. Because we seem to have forgotten that we need to be thankful that we have Jesus in our lives. And to seek Him above anything else and everything else, above the gifts, about the things that he gives, about the blessings that he bestows, any and all things, God is looking for us to be thankful for him. Grow your roots in him. Now, why is being rooted so important? In order to understand, <clears throat> I think, the importance of that, we need to understand how a tree grows. And the best way to describe <clears throat> what what it means, I think, to be rooted in Christ is to envision a tree 
that grows into the ground. And there's some trees that I, I'm told, I've never been to it, but uh, if you go to Sequoia National Park, thank you, darling. <clears throat> if you go to Sequoia National Park or Redwoods uh, National Park in California, probably Keith, you guys, and some of you Cal Californians have been there. I, I see your hand, Christy. <clears throat> You probably have seen it with your own naked eye. I have not. But I am told that there are trees that are like, wow, yeah, like that. About 400, some of them almost extend to 400 feet. It's incredible. And um, I, I read that <clears throat> some of those trees have actually been around for over 2,000 years. Can you imagine that? In fact, they say some of the older ones span between 2,300 to 2,700 years on the earth. That's incredible. Now, the strong roots of a tree are the foundation of the tree. And it allows the tree to grow strong and tall. And what allows that is a root system receives all those nutrients from <clears throat> good and strong soil. And my voice is going. <clears throat> You're excited. Amen. Let's go home. <clears throat> all right. I was sick all week last week. I'm glad to be here. Um, but we, the, you know, the tree gets these nutrients from the soil, and the tree grows into its full potential because of what we receive from the root system that feeds from the soil. Now, let me bring that into our walk with God. I think first and foremost, a tree needs water to survive. It needs water. There's a beautiful picture in Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. And I'm not going to read it, but the psalmist is painting this picture for us of a believer, a child of God, who chooses to delight in the Lord, who chooses to love on God and sets his mind on the things of God and the heart of God and sets his mind and his heart on the word and the ways of God. The Bible describes this person as a tree that's planted by streams of water. Now, I think everybody knows that you don't plant a tree, especially a fruit tree, in the desert. I mean, how many of you know that? You plant a regular tree that we have here in the desert, and it will die. Now, I have seen desert trees. I mean, there's the, uh, you know, the acacia tree is one of those trees. I mean, we saw them in the desert in, in uh, Israel last year, that those trees are just incredible. I don't know where the water comes from, but they seem to thrive in desert-like conditions. Very few trees are like that. And the acacia tree is not a massive tree either, right? But there are trees that will flourish in that kind of an environment. But the person that will be like a tree that grows and and just nourishes from the streams of living water is that believer that just learns the importance of receiving the water from the Lord. Now, what is the water in the scriptures? <clears throat> There's a few examples that we read about. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 26 and 27, and in Hebrews 10 and verse 22, it speaks of the washing of 
by the word. Wash him by the word. And we know that, I mean, for all of you who have taken prime, you know that that is what? The I, right? Instruction, growing the roots down. We receive the word of God. We receive a godly worldview so that we understand what the Bible says versus what culture is saying. Now, in Revelations 21, this is probably one of my favorite verses. I, I recently just finished reading Revelation. It was just like... Such a blessing. But in Revelation 21, it talks about God that will give us the water of life. Listen to this. That flows from his throne. How many of you want some of that water? I mean, this water is good right now because my throat is dry. But you know what? I want that water so much more. I crave for the water that flows from the very throne of God so that I can thirst and be satisfied. I can drink and be satisfied. Maybe that's the water that Jesus told the Samaritan woman. You know, I got some water that you have not had any sip of yet. And if you drink that water, you will never be thirsty again. In, first, in John chapter 7, and verse 37 and 39, Jesus said that he would give to the thirsty a drink from him. And then he said that that water will flow out of us to others. And then he said he was talking about what? The Holy Spirit flowing out of us into others. And so as we drink from him, God releases that water unto others, and that is what the Holy Spirit does to us. And then there's a, a final verse, or a couple of uh, chapters in there. You'd have to read them yourself. Jeremiah 2 and Jeremiah 17 talk about, very similarly to Revelation, that God himself, he is the fountain of living water. Friends, we are not going to survive if we don't drink from his word, if we don't drink from his presence each and every day, we need to nurture ourselves spiritually. We can't survive without the nutrients that we get from the ground, from the revelation of who God is and Jesus is. The root system of our lives will grow and will be strengthened. And our branches will grow. And you know what? Eventually, we'll produce fruit for His glory. That is the goal of every believer. That should be the very heart of each and every one of us this year. God, give me more water. I want to drink more. I am thirsty for more. Feed me. Allow me to drink. I want to drink more. I know that we all have seasons when sometimes we are busy. And busyness can be the enemy of godly consistency. Are you hearing me this morning? We don't just want to play religious games. We want our foundations go deep in God. You know, this morning, we may be looking at the clock and say, oh my gosh, you know, it's already 11.34. And, you know, we are usually done at 11.30. Come on, hurry up. I got a game to watch. I got some 
food to cook. I don't know, whatever you have going on for you, but I want you to know that more important than anything else this morning and the rest of the day is for us to drink. To drink. To drink from Him. I want to drink. I want to drink of His living water that flows from the very throne room of God. Jesus. That water, that water. So yeah, we all have seasons that we're busy and tired and we're bitter and disappointed at life. We're exhausted, no energy. People tick you off, people tick me off. And sometimes God seems to bear the brunt of our dryness and instability. But let me tell you this, friends. We need God no matter what, regardless of the season of life. I mean, guys, do we even grasp and consider that just maybe, just maybe, our condition of dryness and our condition of staleness comes from or is a result of the distance that we have created between us and the water source. If we consider that, because if your roots are not getting fed water, you're going to dry. You're going to know it. Something is not the same. I know <clears throat> that for some people, <clears throat> the beginning of the year, you know, I hope and pray that for all of us, we make a recommitment, a recommitment to God to say, God, here I am this year. You know, I love uh, a pastor that I follow that uh, we were just listening to a message last night and he was saying something. He says, I tell my people at the beginning of the year, will you give me one more year? Will you give me one year to be committed, to follow Jesus, to read the Bible, to pray, to come to church consistently, not just once a month or twice a month, consistently come to church, serve God, serve on a team, be part of something, give of yourself. Will you give God one year? Will you give him 2024 and say, God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to go on the other two points because I know that time is going by. But I really sense that right now God is working at our hearts. Because we can just go on with Christianity, guys. I'm telling you, I, I have been a professional Christian since the age of 13. Whoop-dee-doo. I have read the Bible over and over, from cover to cover, many times. And maybe you have done that as well. But let me ask you this question. Do you know him? Do you know him? If you are married, you can't just spend 15 minutes a day with your spouse and be satisfied with that. Your spouse, more than likely your wife, will kick you out of the house at some point. 
We need that connection. We need that relationship. We need to feed from each other. And so if there's one thing that I want to leave with us today is that God has got all of that. Just look at those verses. Take a picture of those. Read them when you go home through the week. He has got water that's flowing from his throne for you. Rivers. Can we put up that verse? I think we have it. Revelation 21.6. Let's read it. He said to me, it is done. That's the angel of the Lord speaking to John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost. Stop there, drop the mic, go home. There's nothing else that we need. Because we pay enormous amounts of money to receive a level of satisfaction that is completely incomplete. Are you hearing me? It is such a portion of what life truly is all about. And God is telling you today, hey, if you are thirsty, come to me. I have water that will cost you nothing. Zilch. Zero. You will not have to pay a counselor or a therapist to get what I'm going to give you. You don't have to have a gym membership. Are you glad, Sam? In order to feel satisfied and relief and the weight off your back. You don't need to talk to a hundred people because I got what you need and it will not cost you anything. It won't cost you anything. So this morning, <clears throat> I want us to do something very simple as we close. I want us all to recommit not New Year resolution, not to, to recommit, maybe be re-salute about that, about your commitment, right? Let's be honest with God and drop everything. Last week, if you were here, we went through that exercise of, of writing down whatever is hindering us in 20. 23. Whatever hindered you in 2023, we symbolically wrote it on a piece of paper and we put it in a box with a tombstone right behind it. Rest in peace. And we're going to bury it next week because we don't want any of those things with us in 2024. If you were not here last week, you did not have a chance to do that. And you still want to do it. You want to make the box. Uh, grab a piece of paper. Write down what it is. Fold it. Come and drop it right here on top of the stage. On the, on, on the pulpit right here. And I'm going to take them and add them to the, to the others. If you need a piece of paper, let us know. We got plenty of them. Uh, but we just want, we don't want to bring anything with us this year that was failure for us last year. Let's let it go. Let's embrace what God has for us. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. 
If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.